Welcome to the Car Project Podcast, where we equip you to understand and study the Bible and find joy along the way. We're so glad you're here. We're back with the Car Project. I'm Sarah. And I'm Heather. And today we are going to continue going through some of the more difficult and confusing passages that we can find in the Bible. And today will not disappoint. No, it won't. <laughs> we are going to use the CARA Bible Study Guide as we go through this verse today. It's going to help us study and give us some questions to ask along our way and guide us along. So our, our verse today is found in Mark 7, 27. And Jesus says, first, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And boy, one of the questions, if we were just to jump to apply in this study guide, um, has to do with our assumptions and our biases and what assumptions might we bring to this text? Because I, I read this and I, I'm going, wow, this could really be a turnoff for somebody who, who's hearing Jesus call somebody a dog. Mm. And, and that could be a turnoff to Christianity, to the Bible, to Jesus. So Heather, where do we start? Well, I love that you started with assumptions and biases. It's always good for us to recognize what we're bringing into the text. Another place that you guys know I love to be able to ask right away is what questions or observations do we have about the text? Yeah. Because it may help us know where to start first. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but when I first started hearing this passage where he says, you know, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, I was like, who are the children? Who are the bread? Like, or, or who's the dogs? What does bread represent? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Is Jesus insulting? As you said before, is Jesus insulting someone? Yeah. It, I, I had a list of so many questions of what I wanted to get answered. And we're only going to address a few of them that I think is going to get us to where we need to go for understanding this passage more clearly. Mm -hmm. But if we have these questions, we have them under our belt. Where do we always like to go? We love to go to context. context. We love going to context because it's going to help us at least place ourselves in the story. And so I'm going to back out and mm -hmm. start in verse, you know, we're in chapter seven of Mark. I'm going to start in verse 24. And it says this, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyra and he entered a house that did not want anyone to know it. And yet uh, he couldn't keep that secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek born in Syria, Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And this is what Jesus said, first, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right for the children's bread and um, for the, for, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found her child lying in bed, and the demon was gone. You know, even with context, I still am a little bit confused here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to you unpacking this for me a little more. <laughs> no, pr no pressure, Heather. No pressure. Well, there's a couple different places we would go next. Okay, so we have Jesus entering this town. He's wanting to be quiet, and he ends up running into this woman that figures out who he is, and she's asking him for help with this do this daughter. I'm just recapping quickly just because there's a lot of words in there. And he ends up saying to her, wait a second, before I... Um, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And... She 
this is where I want to say there's two different ways I would uh, tackle this passage. Number okay. one, I would say, is there another gospel that actually unwraps this? This is a biblical, this is the biblical context or the Bible context question that we have in our Kara guide. Is there somewhere else that this is actually alluded to? And we find, and so that's our first one. The other one is, and we'll go there in a second, is looking at different Bible translations. Because I think that that might also help us fill in the picture here. So oh, let's, good. let's first go to Matthew. Um, Matthew, um, in Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28, he ends up actually uncovering this entire um, same story, uh, which is great because he words it slightly different, which is what we love about the Gospels is they yeah. each come from a different perspective, kind of helping fill in the gaps. And he said that Jesus answered, I was sent only for the lost sheep of Israel. So instead okay. of children, he actually is identifying the children as the lost sheep of Israel. So we're starting to get a better understanding of maybe what this word child means or children means as the Jesus is. A little bit, but now oh. we're introducing sheep. Oh, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, yeah, lost sheep of Israel. So that's where I'm like, <laughs> let's go and look at a different Bible translation right. too. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for giving us a little yeah. bit more insight. Yeah. Um, he also calls her a Canaanite woman. That's going to come in later as we go to look at history. So put a pin in that for a sec. But we see in um, the New Living Translation, I love this translation because it's trying to grab the thought for thought um, and trying to grasp around the idea. And this is how it reads. Jesus told her, first, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right for me to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. That and, is oh, helpful. Yeah, now, I love the NLT for that reason. That's exactly it. It uses modern language. That's that's my own family, the Jews. Mm -hmm. That is so helpful. So now we start to see that the children that he's speaking to are these the the Jews, the Jewish people, which is who he was came to serve. I mean, he he comes from the line of Abraham and of David, and so we see that 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 would make sense. But I still now I'm like, okay, but what about these dogs? <laughs> who, yeah, who's he calling a dog? And this is where we get a little bit in trouble and say, oh, Jesus, what are you up to? That's kind of a key question here. Right. And so yeah. we're going to go to research. And, you know, there's a couple different things I do. Number one is I'm going to go look at different resources because I want to see, are there different Bible uh, study Bibles, commentaries, uh, different places that will help me understand a little bit more about the language being used here. And funny enough, almost every single one of my study Bibles and a lot of commentaries all mention that Gentiles were referred to as dogs by the Jewish people. Hmm. Um, likely tied to dogs being unclean and they viewed the Gentiles mm -hmm. as unclean because of some of the ceremonial things that Jewish people kept up. Right. 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 In the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Old Testament. Yeah. We see that a lot. And so, okay, that makes sense. But here's the cool part. When we also research, we look at different words and we look them up in the original Greek. And I did that with the word dog here because I was just so curious of, is there something special about this word? I went to Blue Letter Bible, Logo Software. There's a lot of different places that you can go to be able to unwrap that original word. The word dog here is, um, let me pronounce it right. It's uh, Kunarian, which is referred to as a little puppy. Oh, like a dog, like a little dog. Not, it's not the same word. In fact, I was looking throughout the whole Bible, like looking at different places where Pharisee called, like would use the word dog. And this word was not used. J Jesus, really? Jesus this is, is the only place. This is the only place. And this is why I love this because Jesus is using a gentler word. He's, he's not trying to be insulting. Right. He's actually using a gentle word, but he's also still trying to help um, use terminology that she would have understood because that's how the, the two people talk to each other. In fact, notice that the woman didn't even flinch. Yeah. Like she didn't stop herself and say, wait a second, you called me a what? <laughs> she, she in fact repeated it back to him. I mean, if we, if we look back at the original verse, she says, 
Um, yeah, but even the dogs under the tables eat the, the children's crumbs. She refers to herself as, as that same word. So it's, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily an insult in that culture at that time. It's something that we would be like, whoa, hey, but for her, that wasn't out of the ordinary. And it sounds like Jesus was actually handling it in a very gentle way. You know, I, I love that clarity that you add there. And I, and I love that Jesus speaks to and spoke to people in a way they would understand, in terms they would understand, because we find that really throughout the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was written in, in even literary styles that they would understand, whether it was poetry or parable or, or, or whatever it was, it was written to people in that day that in a way they would understand. I, I love that about God's word. It was I, meant to be understood. It is. And I think that's where us understanding the cultural uh, under you know background or the history of a passage yeah. makes it come alive so much more. In fact, that's actually where I want us to go next because um, while I could spend a lot of time in commentaries and the Moody Bible commentary had some really good thoughts that r- summarize what we've already talked about, I'm actually going to move us on because now that we know what dogs mean and we know what children mean, we kind of have our word definitions it makes me want to back out and look at history and understand what's going on in this city. Like, who who is this woman? What is this city all about? And like, let's just place ourselves in the culture oh, of that time yeah. just to kind of help us out. And so we're going to ask who, who okay. was it written about? And we see that it was a woman who is a Gentile. Matthew calls her the Canaanite. And it was in the city of Tyra. And so what we know about Canaanite people um, specifically, I love that Matthew included that in his account, because if you read the Old Testament at all, you know that the Canaanite people were mortal enemies to yeah. the Jews, Yeah. right? So if we're we're understanding that this woman wasn't necessarily on great speaking terms as a people group with the Jews or with Jesus. There's some so tension there. There's some tension there. Yeah. And so then let's even look at the next history question, which would be, where, where is this taking place? Let's understand this city of Tyra. Shout out to context. I was reading a lot of context, you guys, in order to get here. Because in Matthew's account, I went backwards um, into Matthew 11. And Matthew 11 actually shouts out that the, uh, the people of Tyra were mentioned of not having great faith in God. And I'm like, oh, so here we have a woman who's not only a mortal enemy people-wise of the Jewish people, but she's living in a city that has been known for not having faith in who God is. Jesus walks into the city knowing full well that this is a faithless group of people, and yet this woman is showing faith. And boldness. Bold. Bold. To come in when there's that tension between these people groups and and to make her request known. No. So so yeah. then if we understand the culture and we understand that little city moment, now as I'm as I'm thinking about, man, one of the questions we ask in history is how would this original audience have heard this message? What would they have been hearing? And I almost, you know, translated a little bit different of Jesus saying, I'm here to take care of the Jews first, and it's not right for me to take away from the Jews and give to the Gentiles. I'm almost paraphrasing here a little bit. Um, right. I, that's probably another it's it's a good tool that we often do yeah. is, is how would you paraphrase this passage it takes some homework to be able to to get there but yeah. to kind of again it's kind of putting it in words in a way that you would understand it right right and i was trying as i'm trying to build some interpretation around this verse i wanted to be able to say how would they have heard this verse and i'm like oh yeah. it, jesus is just saying it's not right for me to take from my people and give to 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 this other people group but now my interpretation so far is that is that jesus is putting the jews first 
Right, which could be a fear or a concern that we might bring in as we jump to apply. I don't know. Are you are you mm-hmm. ready to apply? I guess that's where my brain is going. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. That for one of our apply questions is that fear and concern, and you're you're spot on, Sarah, about how you're thinking about this. Right, because it's like, well, wait a minute. If you if you came for the Jews, well, I'm I'm not Jewish. So, what about what about me? Right. Yeah. And so we're going to walk into this. And it, it, so far, interpretation feels a little like, uh oh, are we are we right. Are we not first? Are yeah. we not? Are we not valued by Jesus? We might need to do a little bit more digging, huh? A, a little bit. So yeah. before we we completely okay. jump over, I want to see where else the Bible talks about Jews and Gentiles. I want to see the relationship yeah. between the two um, and who Jesus came for. So how are you going to do that? Well, so I've been I poured over, and we're just going to speed date through the Bible together, folks, um, <laughs> because I want to hit a, a few a few just a few verses that I came across as I was going through cross-references and concordances, and I looked up Jews and Gentiles in the back, along with a lot of other stuff, because I wanted to kind of circulate around what on earth is the relationship between Jews and Gentiles today that I might be missing. Yeah. And so my first spot I went was reading Romans 1, 16, and it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And I'm like, all right. okay, all right. So we're seeing this repeated. This is almost like that Bible context question where we say, is this is this theme repeated somewhere else in the Bible? We're now seeing it again, repeated in Romans. Um, and this is us understanding that Jesus had a specific order or plan of how his message was going to be released in a short period of time in which he was mm-hmm. here. But it did include the Gentiles. But salvation was still for everyone. Yeah. It had nothing to... In fact, in fact, we actually see that in the way Jesus reacts to our woman in our story. But I want to hit one more um, uh, passage that I ran across. It's in John 10, verses 14 and 16. This is kind of a um, a story that Jesus is saying around uh, a good shepherd. And he said, let me just read it. This is way, It's way better. But let me just caveat it by saying he's referring to Jews and Gentiles. So I'm going to read this, but I'm also going to just insert where he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, because it says this, John 10, verses 14 through 16 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. He's talking about the Jews. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. He's again, talking about those Jews. But he, then he goes on in verse 16 and says, but I I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Those are the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they, uh, and there, uh, shall be one flock and one shepherd. Oh, I love that, that there's gonna be one flock and one shepherd. He's combining us together. This is not a separation of Jews and Gentiles. It's together. And I love that he ends up kind of highlighting this because I think by just reading our passage alone, we'd say, wait a second, he's wanting to He's wanting to favor somebody over others, but he's saying, yes, there was, there was my original sheep, but that doesn't mean that I don't want them all. Yeah. Well, that's a, like the story of the Old Testament, right? I mean, God, ju- with, with Abraham, he does choose this, this race to bring about his plan for, for salvation, to bring about Christ. And it would be for all, for all mankind. So I love how that, um, just kind of understanding a little bit of that story of the Bible can kind of help us see here. Um, so I love that you're bringing this, uh, wrapping it all well, up. Well, that's exactly it. This woman's faith, this humility that she shows, he couldn't deny it. She's mm-hmm. a Gentile sitting in front of him. She's showing him complete faith. And he's like, you are another one of my sheep. You are, you are my people. And I love you because you're willing to follow me. I like, he's not going to deny mm-hmm. that. And so we see that God doesn't, he does love all people. Mm-hmm. And there's verses all throughout the Bible that talk about God's love for us. Um, but as we're, as we go on and as we're moving on, you know, 
we could also read a little bit more in the New Testament of different references that talk about the Gentiles' access. Um, and this is where even more of my cross-references came into play. Um, let me bring us to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptizing Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither, I love this part, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to this promise. Just encouraging, very encouraging, because this is less about, you know, Jew versus, again, it goes back to that. It's verbatim from this verse. It has nothing to do with Jew versus Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, all, Mm -hmm. all. And it's like, he's almost correcting what we would have maybe heard in our own passage today in Mark. Right. Right. And it makes me think of even like John 3, 16, Mm -hmm. right? For God so loved the world, all of us. Yes. Right? Yes. It includes all of us. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Well, and there's another, one more verse because, you know, we're speed dating through the Bible. One of the verses that I came across is, says in Romans 10 uh, verses 11, like through 13, it says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who come uh, and call on him. Now, this is cool. This is really cool because one of the biggest questions we ask in our in our context is in around the Bible is is this theme seen throughout the rest of the Bible? Yeah. And when I look at this interpretation, there, I automatically want to apply apply my passage and say, is it cultural? Is what Jesus said to this woman at this time is it cultural meant for them back then at that time and place, or is it meant for us today? And some of these verses we just read, they're they are definitely meant for people of all time in all places. Like the principles that you can take away. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. But Mark 7, that was that's different. Mm, Jesus' gotcha. ministry, mm-hmm. Jesus, where Jesus was at, at that moment, when he was trying to in, like uncover who he was at different times. I mean, even when he first entered into Tyra, he like went in and wanted to hide in a building. Like he had certain plans of how he was going to make himself known. Yeah. And he had a certain order he wanted to do it in back then. And so yeah. of course that's going to, our passage back then was a cultural truth meant for those people back then, the Jews and the Gentiles were a little bit more separated in his mind and not because he was favoring one over the other. It was more of a, he had a certain order he wanted to do it in. Mm-hmm. But, but these last few verses we read, these, this Romans and these Galatian verses are timeless truths. Yeah, they are. They help us see that, that now that Jesus has come and he has, you know, died on the cross for our sins, he's given us salvation as such a free gift that now everything's been lifted. It's for everybody. Right. And I just love that encouragement that, it, that he leaves us with. Right. I do too. Okay. So now, so now what? Are we... We're not... We're, well, I always have more. <laughs> Good. Okay. Can we, can we keep going? No. So we, well, just, just a few minor things. Yeah. Number one is we already talked about cultural timeless truth. That's something that's in our apply question. Okay. The other one is what did I learn about God? I because if I'm reading this verse on face value... I would say, whoa, wait, what What am I learning about Jesus? And actually what I'm learning is Jesus had a specific time. I mean, we've already said this, but he had a specific time of how he was planning on showing himself to the Jews and Gentiles. But we also learned that he had mercy on those he chooses mm-hmm. to have mercy on. 
There's an awesome verse yeah. in Romans 9 that talks about, um, it's like uh, verses 14 through 16. And it says, what shall we say then? Is God unjust? Well, not at all. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And it does not depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. We see who God is in the story is that even when he had a certain timing of how he wanted to do things, he was still willing to have mercy because he loves us mm -hmm. so deeply. And we see that mercy lived out throughout who Jesus was. Yeah. You know, I love that. And, and even as we, you talk about his timing and the order of, of, of the things that he wanted mm -hmm. to do, you know, um, that points back to also he's, he's fulfilling scripture um, throughout the Old Testament. And part of that, he's fulfilling one by one all of these Old Testament prophecies, mm -hmm. right? So that they would know who he was when he came. Right. I mean, that Jesus wants to be known, but yeah. I, I, so I, yeah. no, but that's a great call out because I mean, there's a reason and rhyme and reason for why he was doing what he was doing during those three, yeah. three plus years of his ministry was so that he could do it in the right order so that it would make sense when the yeah. prophecies were fulfilled. He just was trying to follow that. That has nothing to do with us today because he loves us all. And so my last parting words is, um, you know, when we pray, um, and apply when we pray and ask the Lord, what did I learn? How should I apply this to my life? My prayer ends up being, thank you, Lord, that your mercy extends to all of us. May we rest in knowing that we are welcomed and loved by you, regardless of our background and our circumstances and what rest we can have in that. Yes. So encouraging. Oh, that is so encouraging. Mm -hmm. And that, and this really helps this, this took this from a passage where it might be a turnoff, mm -hmm. right? To be able to turn it around after looking at some of these different car principles and going, oh, wow, this is a God of mercy who came for all mankind mm -hmm. and speaks to people in a way they hear. How encouraging that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. And if if you're following along here and you have questions about what in the world we just went through, <laughs> um, again, it's the CAR Bible Study Guide. And we do have a, a video or a podcast um, specifically where we talk about, um, we go through this guide yeah. and we talk about the questions. So it was, we didn't answer all of them today. We just pick a few of them mm -hmm. that make sense to help unlock this passage for us today. Um, so Heather, thank you. That really helped me. And hopefully it's really helpful and encouraging to you as well. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to catching you next time. Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Car Project, visit us at thecarproject.com. This podcast is listener-supported, so if you'd like to support, head on over to our website and click Give. Give.